Welcome to a brand new episode of the Jam Pack Report today for February the 6th of 2020. Of course, my name is Samuel Adams and this is a daily gaming news podcast meant to bring you the hottest news that you need to know from around the industry. Hosted on YouTube and podcast services around the world five days a week, it's your one-stop shop for everything you need to know in the world of gaming and the news that comes out of it. On yesterday's show, we talked about Dan Hauser leaving Rockstar Games. Today, another high-profile individual in the gaming community is leaving his company and now going on to potentially greener pastures depending on how things shake out and that individual is rod ferguson otherwise known as gears viking on twitter that's a pretty big move on top of that we have a new idea of what to expect from ubisoft over the course of the next roughly 16 months final fantasy 7 remakes ps4 exclusivity has been extended by a couple of months in fact a significant amount of time then cliff blazinski is interested in consulting on the gears of war series and finally the coronavirus is hitting closer to home than ever before because Nintendo Switch supplies could be getting a little shaky in specific parts of the world. But without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into today's top gaming news. First off, Gears of War's boss is leaving, will now oversee Diablo. Rod Ferguson, who has been working on Gears of War since the series' inception and who most recently has been in charge of the entire franchise, has announced he is leaving Microsoft's shooter behind. His next role will be overseeing Diablo at Blizzard instead. He announced the news via a couple of tweets. He says, and I quote, I began working on Gears of War over 15 years ago, and since then it has been the joy of my life. But now it's time for a new adventure. I leave Gears in the great hands of the Coalition and cannot wait for everyone to play Gears Tactics on April 28th. He followed that by saying, starting in March, I will join Blizzard to oversee the Diablo franchise. Leaving is bittersweet as I love our Gears family, the fans, and everyone at the Coalition and Xbox. Thank you. It has been an honor and a privilege to work with you all. Ferguson began his career at Microsoft in 1996 before moving to Epic in 2005, and aside from a brief stint at Irrational while development on Bioshock Infinite wound up, he had managed between Epic and later Microsoft's Coalition Studio to have worked on every main Gears of War game. It is not for nothing that his Twitter handle is at GearsViking. This individual has been a pretty big part of the gaming industry for a very long time. I mean, he's one of the leading uh, names that you think of whenever, especially you think about Xbox, because of the significance of the Gears of War franchise. And we've seen what Rod Ferguson and his team have been able to do over the course of the past few years. Gears of War has really kind of come back into form, and I think that's what Blizzard is wanting from this little stint at their company with Diablo. Diablo 4, probably not in the best state right now, if I did have to guess. Of course, they tried to kind of calm down the fan base whenever they showed off that Diablo 4 was in fact coming, but there was no definitive release date. They said it's years away, potentially. This is nothing more than giving people an idea of what to expect, and it mainly just got people excited after the bad news about Diablo Immortal, the mobile game that, of course, was not well received back at, I believe, BlizzCon 2018 if I remember correctly. But if anybody can drive the series in the right direction, it's probably going to be Rod Ferguson because he has a very, very innovative mind. And on top of that, he has definitely, you know, guided some franchises in the right direction before. So we're hoping the best for Rod as we hope the best for everyone who is shifting around in the gaming industry. But it will certainly be interesting to see just how Diablo 4 shakes out and how the future of Diablo begins to form, uh, because this is kind of going to be a uh, big fork in the road. This is going to be a definitive difference as compared from before and after Mr. Ferguson takes his role.
However, speaking of looking into the future, Ubisoft is promising five AAA games before April 2021. Ubisoft has promised five AAA games before April 2021, one of which is reportedly a new Far Cry game. In a financial call this morning, the company said three of those games will launch in the third quarter of the next financial year from October to December of 2020, and two will launch in the fourth quarter, January to March of 2021. So what are the games? Ubisoft confirmed three of them, Watch Dogs Legion, Gods and Monsters, and Rainbow Six Quarantine. The other two are a Vikings-themed Assassin's Creed and the next Far Cry, according to Kotaku's Jason Schreier. Now, I want to make something very clear. Jason Schreier comments on Twitter and says, anyone holding out hope for Splinter Cell is once again going to be disappointed. Sorry, it's AC and Far Cry. Not saying anything specific about a Viking-themed Assassin's Creed. I want to make that clear. The last Far Cry was Far Cry 5's follow-up New Dawn, which came out in February 2019. Assuming this new Far Cry is not delayed, we are looking at a gap of two years between the games. One of the five games was delayed to the fourth quarter of the next financial year, January to March 2021, although Ubisoft did not say which one. What if the long in development Beyond Good and Evil 2 is in fact going to be coming out? That's not coming out until after March 2021, Ubisoft confirmed on the call, but also absent from the next financial year is MIA Pirates game Skull and Bones. So that's Ubisoft's AAA video game slate for the next year and a bit. Do you think there is anything of interest? I don't know if there's anything of interest, but there is certainly some interesting news here. Uh, so, of course, Watch Dogs Legion... It's planning to uh, launch in a couple of months. I'm not really pumped about that one, and it seems like gauging the interest of the gaming community, not too many people are interested either. Gods and Monsters seems to be pretty interesting for kind of a double A, if you will, indie game, and then Rainbow Six Quarantine. With the name Rainbow Six, it's probably going to sell fairly well after the success of Rainbow Six Siege, which notably has gained 5 million players over the course of the past few months since September of 2020, or excuse me, 2019, if I remember uh, what I read from the call correctly. Now, moving on to the big names, Assassin's Creed and Far Cry. Do we really need a new Far Cry this soon? Because right now, we've seen reports that Ubisoft is trying to expand from the canned kind of experiences that we've gotten for the past roughly five or six years from many of their games. If you see a Far Cry game, you know what to expect. You climb some kind of tall tower, whether it be a mountain or a radio tower itself, and then you scan the horizon, you go, you kill people in a base, you get that base, you flip it into your little, uh, you know, sect, and then you move on to the next one. That's a Far Cry game. Assassin's Creed, similar kind of situation. You climb up to a higher point, you scan the surroundings, you play through the story, you do some side quest, really good, you know, uh, sword play, and then that's pretty much what you can expect from an Assassin's Creed game. Of course, with some variation mixed in there. But it would be nice to see something that does change things up a good bit, and I would love to see Ubisoft really inject some creativity into their projects, uh, which I would admit has been a bit lacking over the course of the past couple of years but excited because I'm always going to love Far Cry. I fell in love with the franchise with Far Cry 3 and I've played everyone since, except for Far Cry, ooh, what's it called? The old one, the super old one, Far Cry Primal. There we go, Far Cry Primal did not play Far Cry Primal, but every other one I've been in on and I cannot wait to see where the franchise goes. Uh, but Ubisoft is lining up some pretty awesome projects over the next few months, so I'm excited to see where things go, how they end up, and of course, if anything is going to be worth coming back to talk about in a future episode of the Jam Pack Report. However, Final Fantasy VII Remake's PS4 exclusivity has been pushed back to April of 2021. 
Much as we expected, the timed exclusivity of Final Fantasy VII Remake on PS4 has been extended to next April following the game's delay. Back when Final Fantasy VII Remake was still planned to release in March of this year, we knew that the game would be a one-year timed exclusive on the PlayStation 4. Upon getting delayed to April, however, we were not sure if this meant that the timed exclusivity would get pushed as well. Now we have our answer. As seen on the box art for Final Fantasy VII Remake over on Amazon, it has been revealed that the game's exclusivity on PS4 has also been pushed back to coincide with the new release date. Starting next year on April 10th, 2021, Final Fantasy VII Remake can then begin coming to other platforms. As of the time of writing, no additional release plans outside of just the PS4 version have been announced, but you would have to imagine the PC, Xbox One, and the upcoming next-gen platforms in PS5 and Xbox Series X are also in play. All in all, this is not surprising news in the slightest, but it does at least confirm what we already expected to be the case. As for future installments in the Final Fantasy VII Remake saga, since there are going to be multiple entries after all, we currently don't know whether or not they will be platform exclusive for a limited time, or not just yet. In theory, it would make sense if the entry saga in... Excuse me, if every entry in this saga came first to a PlayStation platform, but this could just be a deal that Square Enix and Sony have worked out for merely the first installment, we will have to wait a few more years to find out if I had to guess, the author says. Luckily, the first part of the series is finally almost upon us after what has seemed like forever. Final Fantasy VII Remake will launch on PS4 later this spring on April 10th of 2020, and to tide yourself over until release, you can always check out the DualShockers editorial talking about why they are so excited about the game itself. This is kind of something that everybody expected, as the article does say. If the game gets delayed, you would expect that the one-year contract is going to get pushed back as well. No shocker there, but it is something that I thought we would cover on today's show to confirm. Now, the big question I have about the exclusivity. Will the game launch on launch of the PlayStation 5 as well? Because you still have that exclusive period, and so maybe some people are holding out for the PlayStation 5, thinking, hey, it's at the very least going to be backwards compatible, so if they made it a cross-generational title, and you did see it launch on the PlayStation 5, uh, that could be a next-gen selling point that could give people a leg up, or at least by people I mean Sony a leg up, against Xbox whenever the Series X launches around the same time, assuming they launch in a pretty close proximity to each other. Uh, because that's a very valuable IP to have on your platform, especially as people are ready to invest in the newest hardware on the market. So we'll have to wait and see what goes on with that. Uh, but as long as there is backwards compatibility, which has been confirmed, then you do bring value if you do still have exclusives, even if they are the last gen, which is currently the current gen, but you know what I mean. Uh, so that's kind of where we're at right now. But if you were wanting to play Final Fantasy VII Remake on Xbox One a little bit earlier, it looks like you were going to have to wait until April now instead of March. Now moving on, Cliffy B is interested in consulting on the Gears of War series. While he does not want to return to game development in a full capacity, Cliffy B has said he would like to consult on the Gears franchise if Microsoft would have him. And of course, Cliffy B is the notorious Cliff Blazinski. Following yesterday's news that the Coalition Studio head Rod Ferguson would be leaving the developer to go to Blizzard, another prominent figure associated with the Gears of War franchise has offered to make his own knowledge of the series available to Microsoft if they so desire. On Twitter recently, Cliff Blazinski, the lead designer of the first three entries in the Gears of War series, stated that he would be interested in consulting on the franchise moving forward. Other than Ferguson, Blazinski is perhaps one of the most knowledgeable people around when it comes to Gears of War. While he has not worked on the entry in the series, 
On any entry, excuse me, in the series since Gears of War 3, the Coalition, you assume, would surely appreciate feedback from one of the key people who helped bring the franchise about. Blazinski went on to add that he had previously had a lot of ideas for Gears of War 4, noting that there was one thing they have not gotten to that he wanted to see implemented the most. He also wagered that if he was to somehow aid with a Gears 6, a project which would likely land on the Xbox Series X, the game's community would surely be excited. While Blazinski definitely sounds interested in helping with Gears moving forward, he also made clear that he has no intention of returning to game development full-time. Responding to one inquiry about whether or not he would like to join the Coalition in a full capacity, Blazinski said, quote, and this is a direct quote, no, I can't handle that stress. Simply being a consultant wouldn't take up all of Blazinski's time and would allow him to keep his focus on his current ventures, which involve Broadway. It remains to be seen if the powers that be at Microsoft would truly consider Blazinski's offer to aid with Gears, but it does not seem like the worst idea by any means. I tend to agree with Blazinski that simply having his name attached to a future Gears title in any capacity would surely make quite a few fans happy. We will have to see if this potential partnership ends up becoming a fruition down the road, but until then, the most recent entry in the saga, Gears 5, is out now on Xbox One and PC, with Gears Tactics ready to take the stage later this April. That should be good. Uh, now, this is a really interesting story because Cliffy B has been in the news over the past few years because of comments that he's made uh, in the wake of Lawbreakers, which was his team's last project before the entire studio shut down and a lot of finger pointing is being done ultimately lawbreakers didn't find the audience that it deserved and it refused to go free to play and on top of that it had no basic team deathmatch at launch all of these factors contributed uh, to it not being a success even though it was admittedly a pretty good game i was kind of a fan of it uh, but this man this one right here on your screen or the one that we're talking about right now on your podcast he is very significant for Gears of War. Again, the first three games really laid the foundation and solidified the future of the franchise, and then other people had come, and they took over the reins later on. With Cliffy B, he has plenty of good ideas, and I think there is somewhat uh, of a good possibility that more ideas could be gleaned from his little noggin right there. Uh, but Microsoft would have to make the move, and of course, the Coalition has been going in a bit of a different direction uh, with Gears over the past few years. It used to be very linear, and although the story is still linear. They are opening up options for how you want to experience the game. You can do side quests. You can explore a bit, as we saw with Gears 5. Now, it isn't completely and totally open world, but a semi-open world is something that is new, something that Cliffy B never worked on. And of course, the story is going in a bit of a different direction as well. But there is plenty of potential for him to come in and make an impact. However, to round out today's show, the coronavirus outbreak is affecting Nintendo Switch supplies in Japan. This also affects Ring Fit Adventure and Joy-Cons. The coronavirus outbreak is continuing to have a tangible impact on tech. Nintendo has warned that the virus will result in an inevitable production and shipment delay for the Switch in Japan, including Joy-Con controllers and Ring Fit Adventure. Accordingly, it postponed Japanese reservations for the Animal Crossing Switch from February 8th to an unspecified date, and pre-orders for the game itself were not affected. Quote, we can confirm that the manufacturing of sub-Nintendo products for the Japanese market has been delayed due to the impact of the 2019 coronavirus outbreak, the company said in a statement to Engadget. Nintendo does not anticipate a significant impact on our broader global supply chain for systems and accessories at this time, and our product sales in North America and Europe, including pre-orders, are not affected. We would like to express our concern and support for all of those affected by the coronavirus during this challenging time. End quote. Containing the virus clearly 
takes the top priority, and Nintendo is not going to be the only company affected. Apple suppliers in China like Foxconn and Quanta are not expected to resume full operation until around February 10th, for instance. This is just one of the more conspicuous examples, and it would not be surprising if more tech companies delay products until and unless it's evident the coronavirus is under control. So, this is continuing to be a, an increasingly dangerous global outbreak of a virus that we don't have any kind of cure for as of right now. Uh, last I heard earlier today was that 28,000 cases are found around the world, with I think less than 10 or roughly 10 being in the United States. I have not been up to date on all of the information uh, on a minute-to-minute -minute basis, but this is growing at a rapid pace, and it's very, very scary, uh, because this is kind of freaking me out a little bit. However, However, when it starts to impact gaming, you know that things are beginning to get a little bit rough. And so, of course, uh, for anybody that might be listening to this or have a loved one that is uh, being affected by the coronavirus, thoughts go out to you, hoping everything works out there, hard at work on some kind of solution, a cure, if you will. But it's rough out there, man. Uh, and so, of course, with the Nintendo Switch being affected, that is going to put a big damper on the things in Japan. Uh, but I also believe I heard that the Oculus Quest or the Oculus Go, one of the VR headsets, uh, is being impacted as well. And I wouldn't be shocked to hear more of this kind of effect uh, taking place around the world. So again, hopefully this will get sorted out soon. But man, some scary stuff to say the least. Now, normally I have some kind of upbeat, uplifting kind of story to end off with, but no, we're going to talk about the global plague. Uh, so yeah, hope you guys enjoyed today's show, and if you did, be sure to drop me a like down below or leave a good rating on your podcast platform of choice. I would greatly appreciate it and hope you come back for more, because tomorrow is Friday's show, and Friday's show is always a good show. I'm just kidding. Every show is a good show. There we go. Uh, but it's hosted five days a week. Hope you subscribe for more. Until next time, you guys have a good one, and peace.